0: Vox Quick Hits. A lot of people felt overworked before the pandemic. Now, well, you can imagine. You're probably experiencing some burnout yourself. American work culture has become increasingly untenable for a lot of people. It's basically impossible to keep up with the demands of work and the rest of life. That's especially true for parents— especially during the pandemic. Moms and dads are trying to work from home while their kids do school from home, too. Or they're trying to find a place for their kids to go while they're at work. Employers often pretend kids don't exist and that people have zero obligations outside of their jobs. America has long had an unhealthy relationship with work. Boxes Anna North is here to explain what's going on. So you recently wrote a story titled, The Problem is Work. What's the problem?
1: I think the problem has become a lot clearer in the pandemic. And like the basic problem is we work too much in America. Of course, we could talk about like, we've also had a big problem with unemployment in the pandemic and throughout. So there's different layers of the problem with work. But I think this is something that that really became even more glaring for a lot of folks when uh, schools and daycares shut down and suddenly a lot of people around the country are forced to figure out how they're going to keep doing their jobs while their kids are home and needing care. It's been an issue for non-parents too. I mean, people, and Constance Grady has written about this also on Vox, but people, regardless of their family situation, have kind of been expected to work throughout this pandemic as though there's not a pandemic, as though things are normal, expected to put in their normal hours, and actually have put in even more hours on average than before the pandemic started. So it's leading to burnout, it's leading to exhaustion, it's leading to a whole host of problems. And I think we've seen a lot of fights over should schools reopen, whose job is it to take care of kids right now? But I think one thing that we need to talk about more is like, what are employers expecting of people during this totally extraordinary time? I mean, I
0: did read you know, in your story that you've written. And I know other people have talked about a lot of people are working more now. And do we know why that is? Is it just like it's easier to kind of continue work when you never leave your home and it all runs together?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can just speculate here a couple of ideas. One, yes, I think for folks who aren't commuting – There's no longer a separation between home and work. A lot of people have been using this phrase, we don't work from home, we live at work. So there's a sense you roll out of bed, maybe you give your kids some breakfast, do what you need to do, and then you immediately start without any kind of commute or anything. You know, which of course accelerates something that was already happening with smartphones, with laptops, um, where people are sort of expected to be available 24-7 I think there's something else, too, you know, especially in the spring and the summer, but continuing now, people are really scared of losing their jobs. It's still a pretty bad job market. Unemployment is high. And so I think people feel like they have to pull out all the stops and show that they're this model employee, even if there's still this enormous public health crisis going on.
0: How has the pandemic made America's work problem worse?
1: A big factor is the lack of childcare. I mean, so, you know, when the pandemic hit, um, schools and daycare centers shut down across America, and parents were kind of just expected to take up the slack. There were paid leave programs in place. Parents were able to get up to 10 weeks of paid leave if their school or daycare center was shut down. But there were tons and tons of loopholes in these paid leave laws, and people were just afraid to take it. So, you know, they were worried they'd be the first one laid off if they were the one to take the paid leave. And also 10 weeks, like, this pandemic's been going on for a year. Like, that's not going to do it for a lot of people. So I think that's a lot of it. The other thing I'll mention that's true for anyone is just stress. Like, this is an incredibly stressful time. It's the time when millions of Americans have been sick. You know, enormous numbers of people have died. People have lost family members— Doing normal things is very stressful and difficult from commuting, if you do commute, to going to the grocery store, to trying to figure out what mask you're supposed to have at any given time. Like, it's an incredibly stressful time to be a person. And it's a stressful time to be a worker. And it would be normal if people weren't able to work their normal hours or be their normal level of productive. But there hasn't necessarily been an acknowledgment of that, I think, on a wide scale among companies.
0: Corporate America does have this idea of an ideal worker, right? And what does that mean, and how has that idea evolved?
1: I talked to a really interesting historian about this, um, Andrea Reese davis and her sort of definition is the ideal worker is someone who really doesn't have anything going on except for work. There's nothing there to distract that person. They're not distracted by having to take the kid to the doctor, having to take the cat to the vet, having to care for maybe an older relative or a partner or someone else in their family. Like they just work and that's it. And the workplace never has to hear about anything else going on in their lives. That idea um, really came about, I mean, you know, there's been iterations for a long time in different ways, but really came about in its current iteration in the years following World War II. We see this sort of return of men from the war and the sort of start of what we might call the the sort of madman fantasy of work, where there's a man who's going off to the office and, you know, the wife stays home and it's 2.2 kids. This, again, has always been a fantasy and it's a very white fantasy, the idea of suburban living obviously suburban life suburbs themselves were locked away from black families a lot of other families of color so it's really this like white male corporate worker getting on the train to the office his wife stays home and takes care of everything with the family this is like the ideal worker myth as it started in you know say the 50s um and it hasn't changed that much, even though the way we work has changed a lot. Our jobs have changed a lot. There's more women in the workplace now. It was never true that all moms were staying home caring for the kids. So this, this was always a myth, and it's become even more and more and more untrue. But it's still something that a lot of corporations buy into. So what's the solution
0: here? Like, at this point, we know that this really isn't sustainable,
1: There's a couple of solutions, and, you know, some of them, I I think, are maybe more likely to happen than others. Paid leave is really crucial. I think the pandemic underscored the need for paid leave, and there's a lot of movement on paid leave in various ways. So I think that's, like, a key key thing that does feel within our grasp, you know, this idea of, like, really having universal paid sick leave, having paid family leave that's more robust— Parental leave when someone has a child, all these kinds of things. But then after that, we kind of have to think about ways to work less, ways to allow Americans to work fewer hours. One sociologist I talked to talked about just companies, somehow incentivizing companies to hire more workers. Like... You can say, oh, it's okay if you work like flexible hours while your kid's doing homeschool, but if your flexible hours are you're with your kid during the day and you're working all night, like that's not flexibility, that's not sustainable, that's just miserable. So hiring more employees to allow people to actually work fewer hours. And then it's a time when a lot more people are talking about universal basic income. Just some way of giving people the means to live so that if they can't work, that their needs will be provided for. I talked to really interesting feminist political theorist, Kathy Weeks, who has written a book called The Problem with Work. And she just pointed out that work as a way of meeting people's needs, of distributing income through society, it's not working. It's broken. We just have to figure out other ways of distributing income and making sure everyone's needs are met because people's needs are not being met through their jobs Yeah.
0: I mean, it definitely feels like something that's been coming. And now with the pandemic, it's just completely not doable to continue like this. Or maybe we will. <laughs> we'll see. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Anna North is a senior reporter at Vox, and you can find her on Twitter at Anna North I'm Emily Stewart, and this is Tell Me More. Our producer is Sophie Lalonde. You can find more episodes and other stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts.